1: Do you understand that when you are sharing the gospel with people and you are telling them about the goodness of God and the love of God and that they need to repent, that they need to come to Jesus, they need to turn their hearts to Jesus. Do you realize that without the work of the paraclete, the Holy Spirit to come alongside of them and convict them of their sin, they cannot be saved. Because at that point, the Holy Spirit does not live within them. The Holy Spirit does not take up residence in them. The Holy Spirit comes alongside of a non-believer, of a sinner, convicts them of their sin. Are you listening? Convicts them of their sin. And then they go, yes, 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 I need Jesus. I want to be born again. And it's at that point, the Holy Spirit then lives within them when they receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. So para means to come alongside, bole means to, or bolo means to throw or to place. A parable is a story or an illustration thrown alongside a biblical truth. Calvary Chapel people, y'all been here for a minute? Help me out. You know this, a parable is what? An earthly story, y'all help me out, is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Okay, some of y'all don't know, write it down. All right. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. I like to say a parable is a short little story with a great big meaning. And so the Pharisees and the religious folks are asking and with a judgmental attitude why Jesus was eating with IRS people and sinners. And Jesus begins to speak in a parable and he begins to tell a parable about a shepherd and a lost sheep. Now already, listen, the Pharisees don't like this conversation because Jesus is talking about shepherds, and Pharisees don't like shepherds. Oh, by the way, Pharisees don't like anybody who's not a Pharisee. But they especially don't like shepherds, and the reason they don't like shepherds is because in Jesus' day, shepherds was not a good. Shepherding was not a good occupation. Shepherds were considered low-class people. Shepherds were often thieves, robbers, drunks. They were low class people in that culture. Listen, they were the lowest of low in class. And don't you find it interesting that the angels would appear on Christmas morn to shepherds, to the lowest of low. You would think the angels to announce the birth of God would come and speak to kings and queens and prestigious people influential people rich folks no the angels show up and they talk to the lowest class of people he tells shepherds so the pharisees they didn't like where this conversation was going at all. Shepherds were, matter of fact, you, wouldn't, you weren't even allowed to marry a shepherd. Shepherds weren't allowed to testify in court. They were considered liars. So, Jesus, right off the bat, Jesus is saying something that stings them. Were you with me last week? Remember, we talked about one of the effects of salt. Are you listening? One of the effects of salt is an antiseptic, and an antiseptic stings. And right off the bat, Jesus is saying something that is stinging them. Now understand, in Jesus' day, the average landowner might have about 15 to 20 animals. So the shepherd in this parable might be someone paid to watch over the village sheep. So if one sheep goes astray, there might be several others or several owners upset with him. And if you lost the sheep, you had to pay for it. So Jesus says, what if a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one got lost? Wouldn't that shepherd leave the 99 and go look for the one that was lost? Final answer, yes. And when the shepherd finds the sheep, he will rejoice. The shepherd's concern is for the lost sheep. The one who is not lost is not his immediate concern. And when he finds the sheep, the shepherd is happy. Now, I told you a little bit about shepherds. Let me tell you a little a little bit about sheep. Taking notes, I use three D words to describe sheep. Dumb, defenseless, and directionless. Did you know that sheep are the dumbest animals on the planet? And you're probably thinking, well, then if the Lord says that we are are the sheep of his pasture. That's not a compliment. I <laughs> all like, hmm, I always thought I'm the sheep of his pasture. I'm God's sheep. Well, that is not a compliment. They are the dumbest animal on the planet. I mean, think about this. Have you ever seen a trained sheep in a circus? Never. You see a trained elephant, you see a trained horse, you see a trained bear, trained seals, but not sheep. Why? Because they're too stupid to train. They're too dumb to train. I remember one time I was traveling, I think, I'm pretty sure we were in West Virginia. And, and, and I, I love sheep. I, I really love sheep. Not just because I'm a pastor and a shepherd, but I love sheep and I like to collect them. And not, not the real ones, but... Y'all probably like, man, that they his offer must be mighty funky. I mean <laughs> not the real ones, but like the, the the stuffed ones and all kinds of little figurine ones. I like to collect them and I used to collect them and I have tons of them now. And um and, and one time in our church life, I gotta tell you this, I didn't tell them the last three services, but I'll tell you what it's four services. Four service. I used to collect them and everybody in the church knew I, I collected them. So people, honestly, I had to stop Like tell people, okay, I'm no longer collecting them because people were like going on vacation and finding the weirdest, I got salt shaker sheep. Somebody bought me sheep pajamas. Now you ask me, you think I'm gonna go to bed with my wife with sheep pajamas on? She'll be like, what you? (laughs) You better get away from me. I had a sheep pajamas. I had a little thing that goes all the way down. I had a sheep like hat to wear to bed with the little ears like this. I'm like, y'all trying to make pastors look like a fool. I had sheep pajamas. I had sheep. I had a sheep bank like a little bank thing. I had all kinds of stuff. I, I was getting weird stuff, y'all. I'm like, you know what? I had to tell the church, okay, stop. I'm no longer collecting sheep. Okay, stop buying them because they were buying weird stuff. And I'm like putting it in the weird stuff drawer, like, what is this drawer, you know? So, but I love sheep, and I love to collect them. And then when I'm traveling, if I see, like, a pasture of sheep, I'll, I'll stop, because I just like to watch them. Sheep are interesting to watch. And, and, and I'll pull over. So this one time I pulled over and pulled over the side of the road, and, and there was a bunch of sheep there, and there's this one sheep. He, he was, like, staring me down. So I, I was like, you know, I was like, here, sheepy, sheepy. Come here, sheepy, sheepy, sheepy. And that sheep was looking at me like, what? It just wouldn't come. Sheep are are stupid. Sheep are, you ever see the sheep on TV and they're all nice and white and they're all clean and stuff? Sheep are filthy. So if they're all white and clean, that means somebody cleaned them or the shepherd cleaned them. Sheep are also, get this, directionless. They are directionless. Sheep will follow each other off a cliff. Now, you would think if you are in a line of sheep and one sheep is the head sheep, he's out there, and all of a sudden he just falls off and disappears, you would think one of the sheep would say, you know what, we should stop walking. (laughs) It makes sense to me, but they don't. They keep walking and they they will follow each other off a cliff. They're just like bang, 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 bang. Boom. And you know, the sad thing is, listen, I see that in church too. Isn't that true? Sheep following each other off a cliff. So this person gets upset with whoever, whatever, for whatever, who knows. But then they tell their friends and they tell their friends, and oh, we all need to leave that church. And I've seen people leave a church and they don't even know why they left they left because and this is by no means directed at anybody here and by no means directed at anything going on here because there's nothing going on here i'm just telling you what i've seen as a pastor are y'all with me i've seen sheep following each other off a cliff because they're following each other you need to keep your eyes on jesus you need to, i'm going to wait while you all clap your hands would you do that you need to keep your eyes on the lord sheep are directionless they don't have a, G, a built-in gps If they get lost, you know what they'll do? They'll just lay down right where they are. They won't go try to find their way. They just lay down right there. I saw a sheep one time, and actually we were coming here, and we were on the 70, coming to North Carolina from California. And this one sheep was obviously lost away from the the sheepfold, away from all the other sheep and it was on this side of the fence. Don't know how it even got there, but the fence, you know, for the road was here, and all the other sheep were like way over there, and this one sheep was on this side on the roadside, and I remember saying to Elvira, that sheep is going to get hit. A truck is going to come and hit. They're not going to see him, and it's going to get hit. He wasn't moving. He was lost, and he was stuck, and he was directionless, and I thought he's going to certainly get hit. Listen, there's a sermon in there, isn't it? In there, sermon in there. Sheep, person, listen. Stay with the sheepfold. Stay in. Church. I don't care what happens in your life. Listen to me. This is for somebody here. I don't care what you're going through. It doesn't matter. How much sorrow, how much pain, how much trials, how many tribulations, how many problems. It doesn't matter. Where you need to be is in church. Where you need to be is where God can speak to you, where you can worship God. Don't separate yourself from the sheepfold. Cause what happens is, isn't it true? When you start going through something, the first thing you do is stop going to church. When that's the first thing that you you need to make sure that you are doing. Look, stop something else. Stop that relationship. Stop that sinful situation. I don't know, but don't stop coming to church. You need to be in church. And isn't it true? Sometime when you're going through something, church is the best place to be, but the hardest place to get. Isn't that true? You know why? Isn't that true? I'ma wait. I'ma wait. I'ma wait. It really is the best place to be, but the hardest place to get. But that's where you need to be because that's where God wants to speak to you. And Satan often wants to separate you from the sheepfold because then he can start speaking in your ear. Sheep are defenseless. And and, and if you notice, sheep, think about it they're defenseless. They have no claws, they have no fangs, they have no wings, they have no obnoxious scent, they can't run fast. Sheep aren't scary. Have you ever seen a scary sheep? I have never seen a scary sheep. Sheep are not scary. As a matter of fact, there was a story told, true story, of a squirrel who attacked and killed a sheep. A squirrel! Like, they're defenseless. They, 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 uh, they can't fight. All they can do is bleat. You know, when I think of sheep and I think of shepherd, I think of Psalm 23. I got it for you on the screen. Psalm 23, I got it for you on the screen. Will you read it with me? Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Will you all read it with me? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul, leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. The thing I want you to take away from this is that notice he leads them out. Never push them out. A shepherd doesn't drive them out. Are y'all listening? A shepherd doesn't send them out or run them out. The good shepherd will lead them. A bad shepherd will drive them and butcher them. A good shepherd will pick them up and carry them when they're down. A bad shepherd will kick you in the head when you're down. Jesus, the Bible says, is a good shepherd who laid down his life for who? The sheep. The shepherd rejoices in our text over restoration. He finds a sheep and he throws it over his shoulder and he rejoices as he carries it back. You know, when Jesus found us, he laid us over his shoulder and he carried us back. Where you get that from, Rodney? Romans 5, 6 tells us for when we were still Without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. When Jesus carries us, he does it with rejoicing, not with a grudge, but gladly. And when he gets back to the village, he calls his friends and neighbors and he says, rejoice with me, for I found my sheep, which was lost. Now get this, the rabbis believed in that day that God would receive a sinner who came to him the right way. But notice in the parable, it's the shepherd that's looking for the sheep. In other words, Jesus is teaching that it is God who is looking for the lost. It is God who does the searching and the seeking. It is God who finds the sinner more than the sinner finds God. How many of us have been patronized, if you will? Are you listening? Been patronized when you tell a friend or you tell a family member, you go, hey, I became a Christian. And the first thing they say is, oh, I'm glad you found God. I'm like, listen, there could nothing, nothing could be more untrue and unbiblical. You don't find God. A couple reasons. Number one, God wasn't lost. Somebody say amen, please. God wasn't lost. And number two, you weren't looking for him. It was God who came looking for you. You weren't searching for God. You didn't care about God. You were doing your thing and living your life. And it was God who came looking for you. You know, I've heard people say, I haven't been to church in so long. If I go to church, the building's going to fall down. I remember one lady, I will never forget this. This was probably 15 years ago. I invited her to church. And she said, Pastor, if I go to church, I, I think the building will catch on fire. And I said to her, I said, you know what? That's not our God that might be some other God, but that's not our God. Our God rejoices when he finds one who has gone astray. Our God rejoices, I'm going to say this to you clap your hands, our God rejoices when he finds one that's gone astray. Isn't that right? I mean, think about it. I mean, when we found, God found me. I was doing drugs. I was a nine-year-old kid. My life was headed out of control in a place where I couldn't walk anymore. And I had given up. I really had. At 21, I had been doing drugs since I was nine. And I'd in the military. And then the military put me. I went through. I've been through all the programs. I've been through AA, NA, AAA. I've been to every. I've been through. I'm just, I've been to every program. I'm like, they need a B program. Because I've been through all of the programs and I know they don't work. The only thing that can save you and help you permanently, eternally is Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus. I've been through them all. I've been, I know. And I was broken. And I had given up and I had I couldn't walk anymore. Sin had taken its toll and I didn't have any strength and I just laid down. But you know my story. January 23rd, 1982, Jesus picked me up, and he threw Pastor Rodney. I wasn't past Rodney, that was Rodney. He threw Rodney over his shoulder and he carried me. And he saved me. I'm happy about that. Because God changed my life. And I'm telling you, and I'm telling you. What he did for me, he can do for you. And he has done it millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of times throughout the quarters of time Has he picked people up, countless stories of people that he has picked up, threw them over his shoulder. When you can't walk anymore, when you can't move anymore, when you can't fight anymore, there's no more fight in you. I know what I'm talking about. God will pick you up and do it for you. Yes, he will. I'm going He will do it for you. That's his heart. Now, let me jump to verse 7. Look at verse 7. Jesus said, I, I, I say to you, likewise, there'll be what? Joy in heaven. There's going to be what? Joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. than 99 persons who with no repentance. Look at verse 10. Jesus said, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now, I believe this is an in your face to the Pharisees because the Pharisees had a saying, there's joy in heaven if one sinner is obliterated in the presence of God. Can you believe them? If one sinner is obliterated in the presence of God, they said there is joy in heaven. Jesus said, no, there's joy in heaven if one sinner repents. Listen, Jesus is into joy. And Mr. Mrs. Christian, you need to be in the joy. No one likes it or wants to be around a joyless Christian. It doesn't even make sense. You know, we claim that God did this and God did that and God saved me and God changed me and God worked in my life and God worked in my situation. If that be the case, I think you'd be happy about it. Um, Can more than two people say amen? I think you'd be happy about it. Nobody wants to be around a joyless Christian because you're a bummer. Joyless Christians are a bummer. That's why you don't get invited to the parties. You're like, nobody ever invites me to the party. That's because you're no fun, Danny Downer. You're no fun, man. Nobody likes to be around a joyless Christian. We claim that God is a God of joy. Listen, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you need to make sure you hold on to that joy. I'm going to be joyous. I don't care what I'm going through because I know God is in control. See, where's your faith? Who are you trusting in? Better to trust in man. Better to trust in the Lord than put confidence in man. Right? You see, you got to hold on to that joy. Satan will steal your joy because he knows if he can steal your joy, then he can cause you to doubt God. And sometimes when there's a problem, I'm just trying to help you. I'm your pastor. I'm just talking to you right now. Sometimes when there's a problem, you got to encourage yourself. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You really, really, and the people clapping know that's true. Sometimes you got to look at yourself in the mirror, and you got to say, self, snap out of it. Self, trust the Lord. Self, believe God's word. Ain't nothing wrong with talking to yourself. Now, if you start answering yourself back, then you need Zola for whatever it is y'all take. I don't know. What do y'all take? I don't know whatever it is. You need need it. But you got to encourage yourself. (laughs) You got to encourage yourself in the Lord sometime. Okay, the final parable, the parable of the coin. Look at verse eight, if you will. Or what woman having 10 coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house until she finds it? Notice Jesus didn't say, or which of you being a woman? See, if Jesus has said that, and said it that way, that would have been really insulting to the, to the Pharisees. Because the Pharisees would pray, get this, every day they prayed this prayer. Lord, I thank you that I am not a Gentile, a dog, or a woman. They prayed that prayer every single day. And I am amazed at some of the women's libbers or some of these movements nowadays that say that the Bible is oppressive and Paul and Jesus were male chauvinist pigs. I'm amazed at people that say that. As a matter of fact, when you look through history, think about it. You look through history, wherever, check this out, and this is true. Wherever the gospel of Jesus Christ has been preached, there has been an elevation and a lifting of women. Wherever the gospel has not gone, it has hindered and oppressed women. You look at countries like Iraq, countries like Iran, India, Arab countries, in the Middle East, Middle Eastern women are sold for chickens sometimes. Like they'll say, well, you're worth, you know, four chickens or you're worth five chickens or 10 chickens tops. You know, Jesus came to be a burden lifter and a burden bearer, not burdensome. And the gospel has given the rightful place to every male, female, black, white, Jew, Gentile. The gospel is the only thing that puts every man on equal plane. Every man. The gospel elevates people. And wherever the gospel is preached... People are elevated. So this woman has 10 coins. She loses one. She searches for it until she finds it. Now, on that day, listen, a bride would have a necklace with 10 pieces of silver or a veil sometimes with 10 pieces of silver on it. And even today, when we go to Israel in January, if you'd like to join us, go online and sign up. We're going to Israel in January, and we're going to drive through a Bedouin community. You have to drive through this community in order to go to the Dead Sea, and we're going to Dead Sea.